Hello, welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I'm Dr. Margaret. I always try to do some kind of topic that's strange, unusual, or give a new slant on something that everybody is into at the time. And today I thought I'd like to talk about divination. Throughout time, as far as I can recall, going back through history and uh, looking at different nations and different countries, there's always been a seer. Someone who was considered, in the paranormal sense, a psychic. Whether they were in a tribe in the heart of Africa, or the deep Amazon jungle, or in the far east of China, somewhere there was always a seer, someone who had the ability to prophesy, someone who could connect to God, demigods, angels, entities of various names, even in some cases to speak to devils in the belief that black magic, something would arise that would help them to gain some kind of control over themselves or their lives and the lives of those that they worked with, lived with, played with, etc. And of course, these people seem to have a tremendous power over the tribe, the nations, and even today in our modern society, there are leaders who regularly consult astronomers, tarot readers, numerologists, graphologists, and of course psychics. I know as I say this that there will be a lot of people thinking, oh my gosh, that's not so, where uh, under some kind of control from evil people. Well, of course, that all depends on your religious beliefs, the way you've been brought up, and the way you notice and, shall we say, bond with different things that happen in the world. But for a minute, I'd like you to forget that. I'd like you to go back, back in time, way, way back in time, to a time before books, a time before any records, a time when people existed on the earth who only looked at the earth the way it acted. So let's paint a picture. Let's imagine you're living somewhere by a big mountain and all of a sudden that mountain shakes, the ground wobbles, Maybe it's a volcano, or maybe just fumes come out, but something dreadful seems to be happening. And here you are, sitting at the bottom of that hill, and for no apparent reason, you just have this inordinate feeling of fear, and at the same time of wonderment, of awe. And in your own way, you think to yourself, this is a sign. This is a sign that has told me that I need to move on, that I need to find a safer place to live. And so without hesitation, you pack up what little things you have and you start to walk and walk 
until suddenly you're looking for another sign. Maybe it's a sudden big leaf foliage you've never seen before that seems to speak to you and say, this is the place you can settle here. And of course you do. You build your little grass hut and find out that there's plenty to eat in the area and you settle down and you say to your children and your grandchildren, there was a place I lived. It was a great magical place. It was a place where the mountain spoke. It shook and its voice said, move on. Well, we haven't come so very far from those days. Here today in our modern society, there are still people who read the signs. There are still people who look at the moon, look at the planets and say, the way they are and the way they affect me today I need to move on. I need to change. The dynamics may be different. It might be that instead of moving town, you move job. Or instead of moving your whole family somewhere, you just move yourself and go up the road to another shop just around the corner and do your shopping there instead of going to the old grocery that you were used to. But in some way, You've seen the sign and you've changed. And of course, you will rationalize and explain it and justify it to your family. And you will say in some way, there was an influence. That influence caused me to make changes. So what else happened back in time, in ancient times? When people first began to write, they etched and they drew lovely pictures on walls that told the story of their beliefs and their philosophies and their ideas. And many of those etchings were in their own way prophetic for them. They told the story of change. They told the stories of migration. They told the stories of the moon and the sun and yes, even of aliens. Of course, here, thousands of years later, we don't know what they really saw nor do we really know what they felt. But nonetheless, we still do say to ourselves, there must be aliens out there. There must be people who come and save us. Or there must be signs in the writings that say that this age is ending and a new age is beginning. Many people at this time are talking about the Mayan calendar and try to interpret all their writing so that we can be wiser for the philosophy of those days. But if we stop and think about what Mayans thought, we don't really know how they were thinking or why they were thinking the way they thought, but we do know that they pushed themselves to the edge of their humanity. They had games where the winner got to die so that the family might be on it. They had disciplines, routines and rituals that they had to stand by. Their philosophy was that each one should remember that there are lessons in the skies and in the land. So here we are now saying we have problems with our atmosphere. We know the earth is wobbling. 
We wonder how long this age will take to pass before the new one will establish itself. Many people are frightened. They think that the end is nigh. In fact, I was just hearing recently that someone was telling how the world was going to end and when the day came it didn't and now it's been reevaluated and recalculated to be later this year. What does that mean to us? Does it really mean it's the end of the world? Is it some crank who's reading some divination of some kind that is not working? So what is divination? Well, maybe you've decided to have a tarot reading. And yes, a tarot reading is full of pretty pictures, lots of symbols to think about. And a psychic will use them to focus on and give you a message. But where did the tarot originally come from? I know that my copy came from Marseille in a time when nobody could read tarot cards. There weren't any books. It was only word of mouth. And when I got mine, I was able to sit down with my spirit guides and look at all these little cards that really had no pictures on them at all other than batons, as it was called, because it came from France, meaning sticks, or wands, as they call them today. Basically, all the cards are similar to playing cards, and the philosophy and theology that came with them was passed down verbally, orally, through time. A few people wrote about them. But what I learned from my spirit guides was that each tarot card is in itself a book, a book of philosophy, a book of standards of life, a way of living and doing things in a practical manner that would also connect you with the oneness, the spirit world, and your purpose in life. Later, I also got into numerology, and I found out that all my numbers came to 666. Wow, the devil's number. But three sixes are 18, and 8 and 1 is 9 in numerology, and suddenly, hey, I'm in a higher vibration. I'm in the vibration of completion and unity. Was I confused? Well, of course. How could I be evil and bad with the devil's number and at the same time a high ascended angel being? Well, of course, it's all in the divination. It's all in the interpretation. Numerology is useful. It helps you to understand your creative self. And if you get into it, you want to be sure you understand what each number means. In my book, The Way to Oneness, that I'm rewriting, I actually explain what numerology is all about. One is God, two is God and creation, and three is God, creation, and all form. And then form has to be divided into length, depth, width, and height, so that makes four more. And then we have to understand time, that makes one more. So now we're 5 and 3 is 8. 8 is a building number. And of course, we're all into building. We're all into structure. So it's a very important number for all of us. But what happens when our structure falls down? Then everything collapses. And 9 comes in as the ending, the completion. Well, if you're into geometry, 
then you can start getting into sacred numbers, you can start getting into universal numbers, you can get into circles and squares and triangles and oblongs and cylinders. But what does it really mean? Does it really help you? It's only as good as the interpreter. I'm not saying that we don't need interpreters, but what I am saying is that their word and their view is only as far as it can help you to stop and think about yourself and your view and your awareness. So I seem to see many people who come to me and say, hey, I had a reading, I had a numerology reading, a tarot reading, and it didn't make any sense, and none of it came true. Maybe you'd like a reading with me, and if you would, then you'd like to go to my website, www.sumariscenter.com S-U-M-A-R-I-S-C-E-N-T-R-E-R.com Get that right. And um, you'll see on the page readings, all the kinds of readings I offer, and maybe that'll help you. But always remember that I am able to channel the oneness, which makes it a little bit different. A seer is using their imagination, their intuition sparked by the visions they see, by the sounds they hear. Now, for example, one of the things that I used to get when I was a child was a tea leaf reading. Oh, it was so much fun to just roll my cup around, get all those tea leaves in the bottom, and then tip the thing upside down into the saucer and see what patterns I could see. So if the tea leaves looked like an aeroplane, then I was told, hey, you're going on a flight. Well, at that particular time, it possibly was true, but I didn't have the money to go on an aeroplane. In fact, nobody did when I was 15. But if someone saw that aeroplane today as a symbol, they would be very accurate because I fly all the time back and forth between the States, Japan and England and other countries sometimes. So you can see that it all depends on a seer's point of view of their perception of the world and the way they see it. I once had a tea leaf reading that someone was very confident and wanted in those days to charge me the equivalent of about five pounds, ten dollars. And that was a lot of money. But I was in a state of flux. I wanted some advice. My marriage wasn't going well, so I thought I'd have this reading. Well, all this woman did was tell me all sorts of symbols she saw in the car, said it was a good sign, didn't explain what the symbols meant, and I walked away feeling conned. I also heard of people that um, were going to see gypsies, in quote gypsies, because they were popular at the time, uh, who were breaking eggs, looking into the eggs and saying, oh dear, this is a bad omen, I see something bad happening. Of course, that's just like, you know, being in ancient Egypt and someone cutting open a cow and saying, look at the entrails, they don't look good, looks like bad business is about to happen to someone in Africa or South America saying, here's voodoo, and we are going to curse you because these entrails or this pig's liver or something doesn't look good 
and you're in danger, cough up the money. So you've got to be careful. You don't want to be conned with people who claim to be diviners of divine energy. You know that word divine energy of God and the oneness. What are they really doing? Are they really connected to God and the oneness and spirit guides? Or are they simply after your money? You must be cautious when anyone offers you a tarot, numerology, hair, astrology, all these different things, because it doesn't mean that they have the deep-seated roots of training. I was once in a place where lots of readings were going on. I was having a foot massage, and there was a man who was giving a reading with tarot. He pulled up a card and said, oh, you have the strength card. And his little voice said, oh, no, I'm not really strong. And he said, well, you must have someone strong around you. And she said, oh, no, I live all on my own. And he said, well, you're going to be strong soon. And she said, oh, I don't think so. I'm sick. I don't have very long to live. Now, at that point, I was like, who is giving this reading? And this poor dear soul was paying $20 for that reading at a time when she had no money. So, be asking questions of your diviner. Ask them, how much training have you had? What do you know? And is there a money-back guarantee? That's very important. So, if you'd like to have some counselling or reading with me, you can always contact me, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. I always answer all my emails. Or you can tweet me on the computer, Dr. Margaret RVC, and I'll answer you. Um, I do travel a lot, so emails are really better. But anyway, let's get back to uh, divination. There are other forms that are going around right now, such as reading stones, pebbles, sticks, or runes. Runes are very ancient symbols that come by belief through Druid, Celtic, ancient people who had philosophy and theology of their day. Um, very simple things like one line means self, the existence. A wavy line coming out of self means female or connection or purpose or journey. So the memory of many of these symbols have been lost and many psychics over time have come up with their own meanings of what the runes or the stones mean to them. I used to collect pebbles. I would pick them up because of their shapes, the lines on them, the colours, long before I ever had any runes. And I used to give people readings by focusing on these stones. The images that the stones conjured up gave me a sense of a message. And, of course, once I had the idea of the message, then I could attune to my spirit guides and get more information. So, over time, those readings seemed to be pretty accurate. And, you know, I was always looking at future aspects, so things came true. But not everybody has the ability to put down their conscious mind, let go of their ideas of happenings. So, here's an example. I was doing an expo and a woman was brought to me in tears. She'd had a tarot reading with someone else who told her that her father was going to die in an automobile accident. They asked me to see if it was right. Well, I 
did attune to her. It was the end of the day, but I couldn't allow her to go home unhappy. So I attuned to her, and I saw immediately that her father was very ill with heart problems and that it, he hadn't got long. And uh, so I asked her, I said, do you know your father has a heart problem? And she said, oh, yes, of course. I said, do you know that it's getting worse? And she said, oh, yes, I've been told that. So I said, well, the reader didn't interpret she went into fantasy the reality was she was picking up that your dad hasn't got long so my suggestion is as you know to spend some quality time with him walk on the beach nearby where you live enjoy your time with him make your peace with him and have fun and pleasure in his last days so she smiled and she said you mean i have time to do all that and i said of course you do she said Oh my God, I thought he was going to die tomorrow and I wouldn't be able to make amends with him. I said, well, maybe that tarot reader interpreted the way she did to shake you up, to say, make amends with my father. So I don't want to give the impression to everyone that every tarot reader is wrong or that looking at your genitalia is telling you something bad about yourself in a pig or something, whatever it is they're looking at. What you need to understand is the symbology, and you need to understand that their point of view of that symbol is advice from their ideas and their feelings of life. What you need to ask yourself is, are you in the mirror image of that interpretation, or do you have another one? I know through out time there have been lots of ways for people to divine their ideas of how to see. One of the ancient Egyptian ways was to have a scrine. A scrine could be any polished surface. It could be a bowl where you put some water in it. The bowl had to be dark so there could be light and dark shadows cast in the water. There could be shined bronze or uh, some kind of medal of the day that was used to also gaze into to see images. What you may or may not be aware of is the fact that we can all go into a hypnosis and that takes us into an alpha state as soon as we start to stare and focus at something. And the moment we do that, we move into memories, we move into images. So while a reader is looking at her tarot cards or staring at her numbers or looking at the symbols of astrology, her mind is shifting through her consciousness into her subconscious where she's looking at all her associations of those things and then through that, hopefully, one says, through that, into her deep subconscious where she's going to or he's going to see real symbols that reflect you and through that association connect to you and give you her or his interpretation that is accurate that will help you to go on with your life to do some very strange or fundamental everyday activities that you're used to but in a different way. I say strange because for some people they're so set in their lifestyle so focused on routines and rituals that make them feel safe, that to go into the paranormal, to go into the strange and bring in a new dynamic, it's scary. Even going to have a tarot reading for some people can be scary. 
especially if they've been told that this kind of divination is evil. But let me flip into the Dark Ages for a minute and say, well, you know, we got a lot of these ideas from the days of witch hunting or even going back into the ancient Egyptian, Greeks and so on. They all had a belief in the underworld, in Hades, in burn until you know, there's no existence of you anymore, of fighting the light and the dark. And religion and philosophy has used that throughout time. We've had witch hunts, we've had people destroyed for beliefs and thoughts right up to modern times. So it wouldn't surprise me if you're one of those people that's been brought up with an education that says, say the Lord's Prayer or say the Quran or do something and then get on with your life, come home, be thankful for the day and then lie in bed and worry yourself stupid about everything. Well, of course, at that point, you're going to say, where is God in my life? And what can I do to gain help? And in that moment, it seems to you that the only people that can speak for you are the priests. So you trundle along to the priest, and the priest gives you the advice, gives you communion, gives you um, some kind of ritual, and tells you all is better, but you go home and it isn't. And then you say, there must be someone closer to God. And in that moment, you are inspired to seek a psychic, to seek a seer, to seek a holy man, a shaman, someone who actually does understand how to unify themselves with you and the oneness at the same time and create a state of harmony. Now, if you come to that crossroads, and you believe you're ready to trust someone, please listen to my earlier show where I talk about fakes and flakes because you don't want to be conned. You're so new that you're easily conned, you know. So you want to be careful. You want to be sensible. And my advice to you is to read as many books as you can about ascension, psychic ability, the oneness, philosophy, theology, Educate yourself, because in many ways you may be surprised. You may suddenly find that your spirit self already has the answers that flow from your deep subconscious into your conscious mind. You kind of wake up one morning and go, aha, I know what to do. Now, if you're enjoying this show, you might want to go back into the archives and listen to some of the sh other shows that I've done. Also, if you've got an iPod, you might want to download the show into your iPod, and there are many shows, by the way. So I thought I'd give you the connection to the iPod. You can write it down. It's http colon two forward slashes itunes.apple dot com forward slash us forward slash podcast that's as it said spelt forward slash id three eight three one eight three nine eight eight I'll repeat that http colon forward slash forward slash iTunes 
www.apple.com forward slash us forward slash podcast forward slash I D as in David three eight three one eight three nine eight eight they're all free and I hope they help you and if you know someone that needs help please feel free to share it with anyone you know you can tweet it or you can email it and then these people who are needing help can receive that now if you are open to new understandings you might want to uh, check out some of the other very well-known psychics healers and lecturers that are online it's I don't proclaim to be the one there are many of us who are here on this earth helping those who are feeling in the need of help so check things out and cross-reference people and things and be sure that you get the help that you need now if someone is reading your hairs on your body your nail clippings it's possible because your energy of who you are in your whole life is in those parts of your body and of course you're used to cutting those parts of your body and if they're fresh a psychic can read all about you from those but it doesn't read your future it only reads your hopes and dreams the things you're praying that will turn out so if you want to know about your future you should be seeking someone who does know how to tap into the oneness and get some divine guidance for you if you find yourself drawn to numerology, astrology, or graphology, that will give you an insight into the cycles of your life and the way you think. Graphology is very interesting because by the nature of the way you write and draw, whether you draw a straight line up or sideways to the left or right, has a strong influence on the effect of who you are, whether you're left-handed or right-handed, whether you make large loops or small loops or none at all, all means something. For example, if you make large loops, you're a very physical type, whereas if you just do straight lines, you're more intellectual. Someone who's had graphology training can tell you all about yourself from just looking at your writing. All they do is ask for you for a writing specimen. And yes, that would be good to have because it would confirm the way you think and feel about yourself. And it might show up some of the weaker aspects of yourself that need to be changed. So by all means, seek out that kind of guidance. Or if you're wanting to employ someone, you might want to um, run their writing across a graphologist to find out if they're employable. In Japan, lots of people do that. They ask me to tell them about people they're thinking about employing. So, it's a helpful hint. Astrology will give you guidance in the influence of the planets, and numerology will give you guidance in the cycles of your life and the things that you're up to. So, those are known as the sciences of the paranormal because they are provable. And uh, over time, things have been shown to be accurate. All the other things are much more 
shall we say, semantic to what is going on in your life and could be changing any minute. So don't take them as the final word. Go into it with the idea that you're having fun and you maybe get more out of it than you expect. And my suggestion is that you take a recorder, write it down so that you can refer to it later. A lot of people who do divinations do not provide recordings. And so, of course, you come out of there thinking, now what did they say? You also have to remember that while they're saying things, they're watching you to see if you respond positively or negatively. Everyone who does divination has a part of themselves watching their client because they want to be good and they want to give good work. But the bottom line is, it's up to you and how you perceive what they say and do as to how it helps you. So once again, I'm going to say to you that if you are in need and would like my help, please write to me, Dr. Margaret, rvc at gmail.com and I'll be happy to answer a question or two for you free. If you need a, a deeper counseling, of course, then I'd like you to say so and I will channel all the information that you need to hear that will help you with your problems. And if you go to my website, www.sumariscenter.com, S-U-M-A-R-I-S-C-E-N-T-E-R.com, you will see on the reading page all the different kinds of readings that I'll make available to you if you request it. My fee is included there too. So I want to say once again that I'm really happy to share this show with you, share my knowledge and experiences with you. And so I ask you in turn if you will be so kind as to tweet this information about this show to your friends or email them if that's how you do it and let people know that this show exists so that we can help as many people around the world as possible. I try to make this show adaptable to many cultures, philosophies and ideas and I know that there are people in places like Africa, India who speak English and who can listen. So don't think it's just stuck with US and England. Send it anywhere and everywhere and let as many people as they can learn and feel safe with the help that I give or am channeling on this show. So until we meet again, I thank you once again for listening and I hope you'll join me on the next show. Blessings to you.